You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for this final episode in our Seeing is Believing series. And I thank you, Father, that this is your heart, Father, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and that we would not just know the hope of our calling, Father, which is an invisible reality, but that we would know that heaven is also a right now reality. And I just pray today, Father, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you would flood people's hearts as they listen. Holy Spirit, you speak while I'm speaking. You be the teacher today. You lead and guide every single listener into the fullness of what belongs to them in Christ. Lead them into the truth that sets them free. I pray, Father, that they would have an encounter with um, heaven on earth, Father, that they would begin to see themselves the way that they are in heaven, seated right now in heavenly places, that they would begin to see that heaven is just a dimension, a membrane away, Father, and that it is speech activated, that when we speak the name of Jesus, that the seen realm responds. Thank you that we are meant to have dominion in the earth, Father, that We are here to transform the unseen into the seen, and we are here to materialize and manifest heaven every single day in partnership with you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, awesome, you guys. Excuse me, I'm going to get a drink of water here. I am excited to be wrapping up our series today called Seeing is Believing. And we, this is our fourth episode, so if you haven't watched or uh, heard the 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 first three episodes, we'll definitely do that because it has been a Power Packs uh, series. And we have been teaching every single week out of the uh, scripture from uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18. So I'm going to read it again this, uh, this episode, and we're going to hop off and see exactly what the Holy Spirit has for us today. So let's go over to this scripture. I am reading it out of the New King James Version. And um, I have really, especially in the first episode, I feel like I really broke this scripture down. And I want to continue today uh, by reading this to you guys and highlight some things, maybe go a little bit deeper uh, into what we've been covering. So here we go. It says, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 4. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, in the first episode, I talked about how a lot of the times we are in a an affliction that doesn't feel very light. <laughs> That we are going through trials, we're going through tribulations, maybe we're going through some contradictions where the circumstances in our life do not look like heaven, do not look like heaven on earth. And if you listen to me teach very often, then you know that I'm a big uh, a big proponent, right, of us experiencing heaven right now. That the gospel is not just a message about the afterlife that we have to wait till we die to experience heaven, like somehow death is our savior rather than Jesus. Uh, but I am a big proponent of, you know what? 
Everything that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us in Christ. That's from uh, in Ephesians, right? Let's actually go over there and read that because I want you to recognize that your light affliction, the contradictions, the, the, the trials and the tribulations that you're going through are really a, it's really a battle. The fight of faith is really a battle between the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. And if you are not convinced that heaven is a right now reality, that you already have everything that heaven contains, you will be trying to pray prayers to get God to do something rather than realizing he already did something. He came as a man in the, in the person of Jesus Christ over 2000 years ago and through the incarnation of Jesus, heaven invaded earth. Uh, when Jesus preached, he said, you know, uh, repent that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you know? And so a lot of times we just forget this reality. We're so dominated by our physical senses. And we think of heaven as something that's going to happen in the future that we forget that heaven is our portion. Heaven is our inheritance, that it's a right now reality that exists inside of us. The kingdom of God is within and that it's not a matter of getting God to move on our behalf. It's, it's a matter of having faith in what Jesus has already accomplished and living as though heaven is something that belongs to us. Heaven is something that we carry and that it manifests while we view what actually looks, uh, what heaven uh, contains in the unseen realm. This is a shift of our eyesight. Okay. It's a shift of our vision. It's, it's an activation of our spiritual senses so that we can see the unseen. We can see unseen realities that are invisible to the naked eye, but are absolutely real and available to us 24 seven. So let me look up the scripture really quick and let me go over there and I'm going to read it. I always read this scripture. It's first Corinthians. I said, I think I said one, four, but it's one, three. And I feel like I always read this in the passion translation. Ever since I ran across this translation of the scripture, I just fell in love with it. I can read it in the new King James. Uh, for those of you that, you know, primarily read the King James version, but let me just read it first in the Passion Translation. And here's what it says. It says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. So before I read this, or maybe I'll just read it and then I'll come back just so that we have a reference of it. So let's go over to, uh, I read it in the New King James Version. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay, really simple in the in the New King James Version. But the Passion Translation, I feel like really kind of highlights the, the juiciness of the scripture. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to I want you to recognize that if we're going to, uh, if our light affliction is going to be just for a moment and work an exceedingly, you know, an exceeding weight of glory in our lives, meaning it's going to produce glory in our lives that are the contradictions, the, the, the trials, the temptations, if there's glory that's going to be released in those, meaning we're going to overcome those situations, we're going to see heaven manifest in those situations, we're going to, we're going to see healing manifest, we're going to see uh, breakthrough in our finances, we're going going to see uh, restoration in our relationships, if we're going to see that, if we're going
going to have a, a if we're going to overcome the the contradiction in the seen realm, well then we're going to need to shift our focus to the unseen. And the first thing I want to talk about here in Ephesians uh, 1.3 is that a lot of times we over-spiritualize scripture. And I know that there's spiritual realities, but many times we'll read a scripture like, you know, uh, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us. And we'll read that like, it's because it's a spiritual blessing. It's like, instead of that just meaning it's an unseen blessing, meaning that it's an invisible blessing, we read it to mean like it's a holy blessing. Like there's certain things that are spiritual and there are certain things that are carnal, right? And so spiritual blessings, we, we're okay with like things like peace and joy and uh, patience, like the fruit of the spirit. Like we think that the spiritual blessings are these spiritual nice things, these holy things, rather than them literally being, as the scripture describes, everything that heaven contains. And heaven contains, of course, peace and joy and righteousness and the atmosphere of God's presence, these, these invisible things that are intangible maybe, but, you know, are emotional or seem seem like nice Christian things to have. But we don't think about the fact that heaven also contains abundance, right? That heaven, heaven contains, it's, it's a material reality. I mean, Jesus has a physical body. It's a resurrected body. It's a glorified body. But there is, there's physical things in heaven. I mean, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah shows up, right? So, so there is a physical component. Now, granted, it's an invisible, it's a different type of, of spirit, it's spiritual matter. But we know that, that angels can, can entertain us. You know, we can entertain angels unaware, meaning that they can take on material form. And so this idea that there is such a thing as spiritual matter that is vibrating at a frequency that is higher than what our physical eyes can detect unless we're, you know, having an open vision or something. We need to connect the reality to this, that, that these are, that spiritual blessings are real. Okay. They are real. And faith is the substance of things that aren't seen, meaning there is a substance to the unseen things. And when we are looking at the unseen, we are simply focusing our spiritual eyes on, on what belongs to us in Christ. And the truth is everything in the kingdom of heaven is in visible. You know, you can't look at yourself or look at someone else and see the new creation. You can't see your spirit. You can't see all of the good things that belong to you in Jesus Christ, but they are very, very, very real. And the real purpose, the real point of this, you know, this series has been how do we manifest unseen reality into the seen realm? And 2 Corinthians 4.18 is a key to that, right? It's by looking at the unseen. And I have shared some testimonies, right, over this series about, you know, how I went from not being able to have children to having two daughters as because the Holy Spirit gave me a vision, gave me an inner imagination. It was a scriptural based imagination that as I meditated on that unseen vision, okay, it was just an imagination. It was just internal. But as I meditated on that, right, it, it manifested in this realm. And it was a Holy Spirit inspired uh, imagination in the sense that I I meditated on scripture and I communed with the Holy Spirit and I asked him to help me take my thoughts captive. And when I talk about the fact that an affliction or a contradiction or a trial or a tribulation is a fight of faith and it's a fight for what we see, I mean, this is a very real fight. You know, we live in a 
material world. Yes, we're spiritual beings. Yes, we have spirits, we, but we are occupying a physical body. And we have been trained just by the world system. We've just been trained by human experience, really, to really think that the, the seen realm is all that there is. You know, we can, I can pick up my coffee cup and, you know, take a drink out of it. A good excuse to get a cup, uh, a drink of coffee, right? Well, but the point is I can actually feel my coffee cup. I, I it is a material, it's material substance. And so I don't have any problem believing that this is a real coffee cup, you know, but when it comes to spiritual things, there is a repentance that we have to take and that we have to do. And the word repentance is not a you know, go to an altar call and feel bad word. The word repentance means to change your mind. And if we are going to uh, manifest heaven on earth, if we are going to uh, materialize the unseen into the seen realm, then we need to, number one, we have to change our mind about the, 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 the what reality actually is. And reality is the marriage of heaven and earth, right? Heaven has invaded earth. It has come. And that's why when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, he would tell his disciples to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he would tell them to actually demonstrate the reality of heaven by you know, healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing the leper and casting out devils. He was saying that the manifestation of healing, the manifestation of dominion over, uh, you know, evil spirits, the manifestation of cleansing a leper, for that matter, the manifestation of cursing a fig tree, the manifestation of stealing a, uh, stealing a storm, the, the manifestation of all kinds of physical healings, that that was a a demonstration that the kingdom of God had come near, that it was here. So signs and wonders, the materialization of heaven is meant to be a part of our gospel message. It's meant to be a part of our lives. And you guys, we are here to do what is humanly impossible. Okay, we are here to do what, um, just like Abraham, right? We talked about that example over this series. We are here to watch the prophetic declarations over our lives manifest in spite of human limitations, in spite of time, in spite of uh, the, the impossibility of that happening outside of it being a move of God. But one of the things that I think that not only trips us up is that we think we over-spiritualize the idea that, that everything that heaven contains has been lavished upon us is that we actually think that somehow we're waiting on God. So there's a timing aspect to this. And we see Jesus over and over and over again, just dominating time. Okay. Whether that was, you know, he would be in his boat and it says that no straight way they would be at the other side of the lake. Okay. We see him uh, speeding up healing, you know, at any, if you've ever seen a, a broken bone healed or you've ever seen a, 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 a the type of healing where, you know, it, something has healed faster than it, than it would if it was left to its own. So maybe a wound gets healed or maybe there's a recovery time that's faster. 
So there's this domination of time. There's this domination of the seen realm. And Jesus demonstrated and he told his disciples to do the same thing by using his name that this is something that is to manifest, you know, when we speak it, it's to manifest when we release it into the scene realm. Now I get it that sometimes there's a delay and I am, you know, I get that there can be spiritual warfare around the particular manifestation of something. I also get that sometimes the Lord will tell you to wait, right? He told, you know, Jesus to wait before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And, you know, he waited three whole days before he went and, uh, you know, told Lazarus to come out of the grave, you know, but as Jesus in union with the father was doing what the father was saying and was working miracles and manifesting heaven on earth, this was not a, you know, these were, um, these were manifestations of heaven on earth that were happening, you know, rapidly. There wasn't a, you know, a 20 year waiting period, you know, and I get it. I know that, you know, Abraham's miracle wasn't it took 25 years from the time that God told him that he would be the father of the nation until the fact that he actually, uh, until him and Sarah had Isaac. But is that because God's timing or was that because of unbelief? Was that because Abraham needed to get into a position where he actually believed God, where he grew strong in faith and he learned how to just ignore the impotence of his own body? I mean, we know that delay caused him and Sarah to conceive Isaac. Well, not him and Sarah, <laughs> him and his servant girl, right? To conceive Isaac. And so, you know, Abraham was impatient. Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So there was a process that Abraham went through, but it wasn't necessarily because of God's timing. And I know this is a controversial, controversial concept, but I think a lot of times that believers are waiting on things rather than uh, dominating things because number one, we're living as though we're separate from God. We have not really been established in our union with God. And so because we think that we're here on earth praying a prayer that's going up to heaven and then God's cherry picking how he answers heaven and that maybe answers prayer, right? And so maybe he'll answer that prayer or maybe he'll, 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 you know, do a miracle in this particular situation rather than operating as a son of God in union with the father through our uh, oneness with Jesus and actually commanding miracles and commanding the seen realm to line up with the unseen realm in faith. And when I say faith, I'm just saying that Jesus didn't doubt. Jesus didn't doubt when he spoke to the fig tree. He didn't doubt that, it, you know, when he said, you will, no man will ever eat fruit of you again. He didn't doubt and think, oh, I hope that my prayer actually comes to pass. I hope that the words that I spoke will actually manifest. You know, in Mark eleven twenty three, he is teaching a principle of creative dominion to his disciples. He is, he is teaching his disciples how to do the same works that he was doing and even greater works because he knew that when he uh, ascended and he was no longer with them in physical form, that he was going to continue uh, to work miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit through them. And so they needed to understand how to dominate the seen realm. They needed to understand the power of their words. They needed to understand that they needed to receive something to actually, they needed to believe that they received something to actually manifest it. So let's go over there to Mark 11 and let's just look at where Jesus was demonstrating this to his uh, disciples and he was teaching them how to take something that was unseen 
and bring it into the scene realm. And and before I forget this, I also want to say this. You know, when you are when you are speaking to something, see, seeing the unseen is a way of looking at reality where you are not under the illusion that heaven is not here. You're not under the illusion that that you are separate from God. Okay. And so I kind of visualize this. I don't know if this will be helpful to you or not, but I visualize this somewhat as like, um, how do I describe it? It's like, there's this see-through reality that overlays the natural realm. Okay. So like, as I'm talking right now, I have a, an office chair that's right in front of my desk and I'm just, you know, I just kind of turned it on and I was like, okay, what do I see in the room? How is heaven in the room right now? And I just saw <laughs> Jesus. I see Jesus sitting in the chair, smiling at me, giving me a thumbs up. Okay. Now you can say, Shalise, you're just making that up. And that's what a lot of believers do. They think, oh, you know, I'm just imagining this. Shalise, you're just making this up. But here's the thing, beloved. I have been operating with activated spiritual senses for two decades at this point, And I have seen so many miraculous things that I just stopped doubting what I see. Now, can I prove that Jesus is sitting there right across in my chair right now? No. Will people think that I'm totally crazy? Possibly. But here's the thing. If I can't, if I can't stretch my imagination, if I can't stretch my faith to believe, I mean, Jesus is always with us. He says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Yes, he's in us, but it's a mystery. He's not just in us. He's also with us. And he's also a part of the Trinity. And yes, he was one with the Father, but he was also separate. There's a distinctness in this union, right? We are members of his body. There's separate cells. There's separate members. Yes, we're one, but they're also separate. And so, you know, can I, can I prove that? But here's the thing. I don't need to prove it. I just need to believe it. And the proof of what I believe is what will actually be manifested. And I will tell you that the gifts of the spirit and seeing the unseen can be very, very subtle. And I think because we have been so accustomed to living by our physical senses and we need something to be tangible all the time for it to be real, we open ourselves up to a ton of doubt and we don't step out on the things that we are seeing, i.e. imagining, because we think, oh, we're just making that up. But here's what I want to tell you. If you are going to see the unseen, you've got to believe in the unseen. You've got to believe when you, uh, when you know, I, I coach my emergers on this a lot. Like, how do you know you're making that up? Like, you should doubt the doubt. Like, what if you just lived like what you imagined was actually the Holy Spirit for a week and just tested it out. It's kind of like that Seinfeld episode. Y'all, I don't know if you guys ever saw that where, you know, George Costanza was always, he was a disaster. Like whatever he did, it just turned out disastrous. And so I don't remember if it was Elaine or Jerry, but anyway, they came up with this idea. They said, why don't you just do, why don't we just make it opposite day, George? And so whatever you would normally do, we just think you should do the opposite of that. So whatever your first inclination is, just do the opposite of that. And so George that day, like just started, you know, whatever his first thought was, he'd be like, oh, okay, that's going to be a disaster if it goes the way it normally does. So I'm just going to do the opposite of that. And so he ended up like getting promoted and having this crazy, wonderful day. And his whole life gets transformed just because he chose to do the opposite. And it's a, it's a funny story. It's a funny episode. But my point is, is that we're so accustomed to doubting, you know, the things that we hear or the things that we see in the spirit 
that, I mean, what if you just did a George Costanza opposite day and just started believing? What if you just started believing that you do have a spiritual eyesight, that you can see the unseen and you just ask the Holy Spirit, okay, open my eyes. When I look around me, let me see heaven overlaid on the natural realm. Are there angels in the room with you? Uh, is the demonic operating? What's going on? Do you see uh, what do you see when you look at the unseen? And this is a, a practice that you can do, okay? And here, I was saying all of that so that I could tell you when we read this story about Jesus speaking to the fig tree or really any miracle that you see Jesus doing, I can guarantee you that Jesus was was seeing not just the uns, just the seen realm. He wasn't just looking at the leper and looking at the leprosy. He was looking at the leper as though he was already cleansed. Because Jesus, you know, God talks. He calls things that be not as though they are. He talks about the non-existent things. It says in the Amplified Version as though they already exist. So there is a way to look past the circumstances and look past the affliction and look to the unseen while you're in the middle of it and see it the way that it would be in heaven and begin to uh, uh, just as you see that now you're in a place because seeing is believing, even if it's with your, your imagination, even if it's with your spiritual sight. And now as you're focused on that outcome and you begin to speak to it, you, you, you recognize that what you are saying is transforming the seen into the unseen. The unseen is materializing into the scene. And I have used this Throughout, you know, my years of ministry, I mean, when you, when you pray for someone, you, you are, you know, not just listening to their problem. You're not just hearing the natural circumstances, but you're connecting to what it looks like in heaven. You're connecting, you're going past, you're using your eyes of faith and you're going past the, 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 the situation and the circumstance and the natural and you're seeing it as finished. And that is how faith works. And when Abraham gave glory to God, you know, and, and, and ignored his impotence and ignored the, the natural realm. He was looking at uh, himself through, you know, the, the stars that he'd been seeing in the sky and the grains of sand and he, he's been looking at on the seashore. He was seeing his innumerable offspring and he was fully persuaded that, you know, God was able to do what he had prophesied. So in Mark 11, as we look here, uh, we can just read this. It says, in verse 12, it says, and I'm reading the Passion Translation, which I'm just going to move over to the New King James Version just so that um, I make it simple here and it's accurate to the story of what I'm wanting to teach. Okay, it says this. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season of figs. Now, some translations don't even have that phrase in it, but I'm just going to go with this. It says, in response, Jesus said to it, said to what? Said to the fig tree. Okay, Jesus is talking to a fig tree. Now, again, a lot of us, when we're dealing with lack, are, are asking God to do something rather than speaking to it. Now, this is practical. Rather than speaking to our bills and calling them paid, and seeing them paid, all right, we're asking God to bring us a financial miracle. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? Okay, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Okay, this is when they say Jesus cursed the fig tree. What he did is he cursed lack. Why? Because lack doesn't exist in heaven. 
Okay. So he just said, no, you're not going to, you're not, you're going to, this is, this tree is not going to be a lack tree in here anymore. It's not going to tempt people. It's not going to, you know, tease people. I'm, I'm doing away with this tree. Okay. So he keeps on going. And then it talks about him cleansing the temple. And then if you go down to verse 20, it says in the morning. Okay. So straight away, this was, I don't know. It says, when does it give you the time? Then it just says the next day. So I don't know what time it was when Jesus cursed the fig tree, but by morning, it says here, as they passed by, the fig tree was dried up from the roots. And Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the frig fig tree, which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answers and said, and said to them, now, listen, this translation in verse 22 is a terrible translation. It says, have faith in God. The actual Greek translation of that, it says, have the faith of God. Okay. So having the faith of God and having faith in God, that's a, that's a very different concept, but having the faith of God means that you are one with Jesus and you have the faith of Jesus Christ in you. It's not something that you're mustering up. It's something that you're connecting to. It's something that you're abiding in. Okay. It's a gift. Faith is a gift. It's a gift of the, it's a gift of the spirit, the gift of faith. It's a gift. Okay. And he says here, he says, so have the faith of God in verse 23, it says for assuredly, okay, I say to you, meaning truly, this is a truth. I'm telling you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says, man, this is like a crazy scripture. I know that it has been a really, really Malaligned, you know, a lot of times, I mean, Kenneth Hagin taught on this his entire ministry. And, you know, people said all kinds of terrible things about Kenneth Hagin, but Kenneth Hagin also had a ministry of signs and wonders, and he taught people to operate in signs and wonders. And if, if you are, if you're going to be offended by this scripture in the Bible, then I don't know what to tell you because I'm just reading the words here in red from Jesus. Like, this is what he says. He says, whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. And he says the only issue with this scripture, okay, is that it says uh, doubt. Doubt is the only issue. And doubt, you guys, is primarily a function of our physical senses. Doubt is telling you that what we see in the natural is more powerful, it's more real than what we don't see in the unseen. So it is, it is the, it is the, um, Doubt is the process, really, of exalting the seen realm over the unseen realm. And so the way that you can deal with doubt is you see the unseen. And so I'm suggesting that when Jesus spoke to that fig tree, when he's saying no man shall ever eat fruit of it again, he was seeing it already withered. He wasn't surprised when he came back the next day and it was withered up, right? He had already seen it. And I know that Jesus was seeing the unseen and operating in the gifts of spirit, the spirit, because every single miracle, miracle he did was a, a gift of the spirit. When he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree before he met Nathaniel in the flesh and said, Oh, look, an Israel, Israelite in whom there is no guile. Well, he had seen in the unseen who Nathaniel was. That's how Jesus knew to say, Hey, Simon, you are Peter. Why? Because he wasn't looking at Simon in the flesh. He was looking at Simon in the spirit. He was Peter. He was a rock. He was going to be used. God was going to use him to build the church. And, you know, when God says he calls things that be not as though they are, he's just saying he talks like he sees something that doesn't exist yet in the seen realm as though it already exists in the seen realm. 
And so our light affliction is just for a moment, meaning the transfer, the transformation, the materialization happens while we stay focused on the unseen, while we look beyond what is seen and we believe more in what is unseen than what we believe is seen. Now, if you keep reading in this, he tells us in, uh, it says in verse 24, which is right after him saying, you know, if you don't doubt, you'll have what you'll say. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So this 24 is linked to 23. The problem is, is that we think prayer, I mean, there's so many different types of prayer. And I'm not saying that, you know, praying and talking to God and communing with God isn't prayer. Of course it is. Of course that's prayer. But the prayer of faith that saves the sick, the prayer of faith that saves, that, that moves mountains, the prayer of faith that works miracles, the prayer of faith that transforms the seen realm is words that you are speaking to the seen realm and, and overlaying through your words the unseen onto the seen realm. Okay, it says here, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, I would say when you command, whatever things you speak when you command, believe that you've received them and you shall have them. And so how do you believe that you've received them? Well, you see them. You see them in the faculty of your uh, sanctified imagination. You see the miracle. You see the healing. You see the bills paid. You see the reconciliation. You don't pray and speak to something and then wonder if it worked. You don't doubt because the only way that you manifest it is if you already have it. See, faith is having something before you have it. Does that make something? It, it, does that make sense? You, you have it in your heart. You have it in the, in your spirit. You have it in your vision before it actually, you have it with your physical sight. Okay. That's what faith is. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have evidence of something that you are speaking to that is unseen. And that is the function of faith. And faith operates through seeing, through vision. And if you can have it in the spirit, which you already do, you have everything that heaven contains. You have abundance. You have long, you know, a healthy, divine health life, right? You have uh, whatever the petitions that you've prayed, right? You, you, you have these things. If it's in heaven, God's will is heaven on earth. And if it's in heaven, it's yours. But we have been duped by the seen realm. We've been duped by separation from God. So we believe more. We have more faith in the circumstance. And so our light affliction doesn't is not just for a moment. Our light affliction is really long. Why? Because we're not looking at the things that are unseen. We're looking at the things that are seen. You know, and I can tell you, I mean, even when like the disciples couldn't cast out the devil from that, you know, from the, the, the boy who get, get, kept getting uh, tossed and turned into the fire, right? Jesus said, I'll bring the boy to me. And he, right away, he was able to, to cast that devil out. And, you know, the disciples said, well, why couldn't we, we do that? And he said, you know, some translations, some other translations don't say this, but they say this one comes out only by prayer and fasting. And so regardless of the translation, here's what I want to say about that is that prayer and fasting is not about getting the power of God to move. Prayer and fasting is about getting the seen realm out of the driver's seat. See, when, when those disciples were trying to cast that, that demon out of that boy, 
uh, he was casting, you know, he was thrashing him around, going into the fire. See, it, it looks so hard. Like this is a powerful demon. This is, this is a very powerful affliction. And, and we have been programmed to think that things are hard. Like it is hard to pray for certain diseases. Like it is hard. Like it, I mean, we may be able to believe, believe God for a free coffee, right? But oh, but it's hard to believe God for a house. It's hard to, to speak certain things into existence. Well, we've been trained into that. You know, and so those disciples just, I, the seen realm exalts itself. Those devils just exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And so, you know, when that thing was manifesting, you know, they just thought, oh, well, you know, we need, Jesus is going to need to do this one, you know, but here's the thing. Jesus is in you. And when you say his name, it's Jesus talking. Now, I mean, I'm not saying you need to like, if you speak lies and a bunch of nonsense, right? I mean, no, like this is the truth. When you speak the truth and you speak, it's not even you speaking. So how do we get into this place, guys? Well, we need to practice. We need to practice visualizing heaven on earth. We need to practice. Where's Jesus in the room right now? Uh, when I when I pray for someone, what do I need to see? What does the promise of God look like? What does the outcome look like when this is resolved? Okay. If the, if the bill is paid, I mean, what I do usually is I just see a paid stamp on it. I mean, I just see a paid stamp, paid, see it filed away or shredded or whatever. Like it's just paid. Okay. It, when I was, you know, struggling to have children, I saw myself nine months pregnant. I just happened to, I was in the garden, but that was, I was seeing myself. It was already done. And so seeing is believing you seeing is how we connect and how we actually function in the kingdom to see all that heaven contains, lav- that all that has been lavished upon us manifesting in this in the seen realm. So it's a function of words. Words are creative. Death and life is not in the power of sickness. It's in our tongue. It's a function of having activated spiritual senses. It's a, it's a function of praying with authority at, with the situation. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit kicks in. And if you're dealing with doubt, right, you're really having a vision problem. You, the God of this world has blinded you and you're not believing the gospel, right? There's been programming. Something has blinded you and you have fallen under the illusion of separation from God. You've fallen under the illusion of separation from heaven and you are now trapped in the seen realm like a fallen person rather than a new creation who has access to heaven because it's always with you because it's always in you. So beloved, as we wrap it up, uh, I just want to say that all of us are designed to live by faith. Okay. It says the just shall live by faith and you are the just because you're righteous in Christ. And living by faith is not a part-time job. Living by faith is a full-time job. We are, we are in a battle between our ears because of our tendency to get trapped in the seen realm. And so every morning when you wake up, it's not enough just to wake up and open your physical eyes. It, it, we have to wake up and open our spiritual eyes. That's one of the reasons why, you know, people, you know, listen to my podcast on repeat. There's something about just hearing the gospel, hearing messages like this that open up your spiritual senses. It's you, you, your diet, right? You begin to, to eat the truth. You begin to eat, uh, 
teachings and, and meditations and, and you look at scripture, you need the spirit of faith to rise up. You pray in the spirit so that you can transcend the flesh and get into the place where you are awake and you are connected, not just to the seen realm, but to the unseen as well. Because if you can see it, you can receive it. If you can see it, you can speak to it and you can speak to it in faith. And I will tell you, the Holy Spirit gets involved in this. This is all by grace. This is this is the Holy Spirit loves. He is a manifester of what belongs to us in Christ. And he will give you inspired visions. He will open up your spiritual uh, senses. He will enlighten the eyes of your understanding so that you can not just, you will know the hope, meaning you will know the reality of heaven and you will be able to manifest it like the son of God you are. So God bless you guys. I mean, really, Make these afflictions that you're in light, okay? Begin to see it finished. Begin to see the fig tree withered up. Begin to see the miracle is already unaccomplished fact, right? Begin to visualize and begin to meditate and thank God, give glory to God and speak to the things in your life that are contrary to what Jesus has accomplished for you and belong to you in Christ. All right, make it a supernatural week. Can't can't wait to see and can't wait to hear what you guys are transforming. All right, I love you and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.